everybody. So we are so excited. We are here to basically do kind of a, our spring movie wrap up. Uh, it ended up just being March and April. Talking about we got to see quite a few movies and quite a bit of variety. And uh, my friend David Healy is here to talk it, talk it over with me. Yep, I'm here. Thanks for having me again. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. We're going to talk about, we have on the list uh, 33 movies. So that's pretty impressive for two months. Yeah. We did pretty good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, uh, so some of these we've both seen, some of them you've seen, some of them I've seen, and uh, so that, that'll be fun. So the first one that we have is Seven Days in Entebbe, and this movie uh, is, uh, tells the story of the, uh, the siege, I guess, the hostage situation that happened in like 1970-something. Uh, in uh, where these uh, radicals uh, took over this plane and of Jewish citizens to try to get these um, Palestinian uh, prisoners released. And they spent, they ended up landing in Entebbe in uh, Libya, I think, Libya. Um, anyway, and uh, they they end up uh taking this in seven days and there's end up being this whole so you follow the uh the people that are trying to liberate these hostage situation uh and you also follow the the, the hot both hostage takers and the hostages and uh it 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 was okay i think it's better than the rotten tomato score would make you believe uh, they tried to like humanize the the hostage takers which was bold, I think. It's pretty well acted. Um, Rosamund Pike, Daniel Brühl, uh, some some pretty good acting in there. But it does some. It definitely makes some weird choices that do not. It takes some risks that do not pay off. There's this whole like continuing interpretive dance sequences that come in between the story that don't work at all. And there's some other just strange choices that don't work. And so. Yeah, I didn't think it was terrible, though. I learned about this event that I didn't know anything about. So, did you get to see this? I didn't. It's already kind of a uh, movie that doesn't interest me, but when I saw the Rotten Tomatoes score, I'm like, yeah, I probably am not going to see this. So. Yeah. I've seen 45 movies so far this year. In, uh, 46. So we're, yeah, almost we're really close. That's crazy. It seems like you've seen so many more than me. Mm. Nope. I mean, yeah, I, I see movies more than once a bit. So. Uh, it's just because of Sundance. That's the only reason. Right. Because yeah. I saw 18 movies at Sundance. Yep. Um, so take that out of the question. I'm far behind. <laughs> um, okay. So Seven Days in End to Be, I have, out of 46, I have 29. I have okay. it at 29th place. I have it just after a documentary called Kasuma Infinity and another documentary that I saw at Sundance called Crime and Punishment. So... It's right in there between the documentaries mm -hmm. uh, at 29 out of 46. So that's why okay. I said, like right in the middle, I think is where it deserves to be. Um, okay, so let's talk about Red Sparrow. Yeah, so I saw Red Sparrow. Um, it wasn't a movie I was excited about seeing. I, I Just this type of movie is not really for me, but it was better than I expected. It's pretty violent. There's a bit of nudity, like you see a lot of Jennifer Lawrence in this movie, um, <laughs> among other people. Right. But it was actually better than I expected it to be. I wasn't totally bored. 
I was intrigued by the plot. It didn't leave a very lasting impression on me, um, but it still surpassed my expectations. So I had this at, I think, 28. Yeah, 28 out of 46. So that's kind of in the middle. Um, so yeah, I, it's, I heard it's that, good for people who like that kind of movie, for sure. I heard that Jennifer, Lo- Jennifer Lopez, I heard that Jennifer Lawrence is, was really good in it. She was, yeah. She, yeah. It was a little hard getting past the Russian accent at first mm-hmm. because you're so used to hearing her without that sort of accent. But um, eventually I got used to it. Hmm. So you have Thoroughbreds that you have seen I have not. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, so Thoroughbreds, uh, conversely, was something I really was looking forward to. I thought it looked smart, funny, dark. Um, I liked how they were billing it as like American uh, Psycho meets uh, Heathers. Mm-hmm. I was actually disappointed though. Yeah. And when I left the theaters with my friends, they all loved it. They were like, "Wow, that was amazing!" And I'm like, "Really?" I was, hate when that happens. Yeah. I hate it. It's the worst. That know. you know, you feel like such a party pooper, and it's <laughs> like, "I'm sorry," you know. Yeah. <laughs> And honestly, I feel like we all went into the movie like knowing we were going to like it. And I feel like I'm the only one who had an open mind to be Not. disappointed. Yeah. 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 I felt like they liked it because they knew they were going to like it. Yeah. Um, so basically, it wasn't as funny as I thought it would be. Its attempts at humor were very, very subtle, which my friends appreciated that. Sometimes I can appreciate it. It didn't quite work for me. Um, it wasn't as dark as I thought it would be either. And I don't want to undersell it. I did enjoy the movie. It just really didn't quite match up what I expected. So I still have it ranked pretty high. Um, I have it at number 10. So okay. Yeah, it sounds like I hate it, but I didn't hate it. It just was not as amazing as I expected it to be. So Fair enough. Yeah. Secret of happiness in life. Low expectations. No, exactly. Uh, it kills you every time. Uh, really? So <laughs> so then you saw, there's going to be a couple here in a row that you saw that I didn't see. Uh, so you saw Stranger, I mean, you saw The Death of Stalin. Yeah, The Death of Stalin was kind of a movie that slipped under the radar for me. We didn't preview it at yeah. all. Um, I had seen a trailer here or there, but I I didn't know much about it, but I went and saw it, um, and it was actually really funny. Um, so it's it's a true story about when Stalin dies and the people trying to take over for him and kind of this internal struggle between all of them. Um, but this is where a movie can take subtle humor and actually make it work. Like, we were all laughing quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and now this is going to sound weird because I rank it below Thoroughbreds. Um, because I don't know if it has a lot of rewatch value for me. Like mm-hmm. it was, it was enjoyable. And also it comes down to expectations as well. Yeah. Do um, you think I'd like it? Or is it too, too, too raunchy? No, I, oh no, it's not that raunchy. I think you, yeah, I think you would mm-hmm. like it for sure. Yeah. 18. Okay. Cool. So. Then we had Strangers uh, Pray at Night. And this was one that you really liked the first one a lot. Correct. Yeah, I, I love the first Strangers. It's one of my favorite horror movies. I knew that it would be an uphill battle to kind of compete with the quality of the first one. Uh-huh. So yeah, I had low expectations. 
It didn't have a great Rotten Tomatoes score. So I actually enjoyed it more than I expected mm-hmm. uh, based on all of that. I mean, it's not great. It, there's a lot of predictability to it. It's pretty, pretty graphic with its gore. But I was entertained, which mm-hmm. is about all I can ask for from horror movies these days. Yeah, There's not a ton of great horror movies that have been released over the years. Um, so I put this one at 25. Then we have another horror movie that I had to see called Sherlock Gnomes. <laughs> I was like, wait, you saw a horror movie? <laughs> yeah, um, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, this really was a terrible movie. Uh, I felt bad, honestly, for the animators because there were little moments where you could see that they were kind of like crying out for help. You know, they're like, look, we are good at what we do, you know, and, and, uh, cause like there would be these moments where it would go into Sherlock's head and it would be in 2d and it would be sort of like an MC Escher kind of painting kind of, it was cool. And, uh, and then the, the closing graphics were all in 2d and they were kind of, they felt like something from the, uh, from like the, uh, uh, the, like the eighties kind of, they just had like a vintage feel to them and they were cool. And, and I don't know, I was just like, oh, but I every character in this movie was annoying, irritating, <laughs> awful. The villain, I thought for sure it was um uh it was um James Corden. It sounded exactly like him and in my review, like I was so sure I didn't even double check it. And then I and then I screwed up on my review and that was it turned out it wasn't him, but it sounded exactly like him. But the villain was horrible. So irritating so annoying that every reveal was annoying the music was annoying i mean i like elton john but it was just i just it was awful this was an awful movie um and i just felt bad for all involved that (laughs) in any way because this is a a movie where you were hoping the villain would win (laughs) kill all the no Yeah, because there's like a fake out and there's like a, a second reveal. And I mean, it's just like my poor Sherlock Holmes has just been dragged through the gutter <laughs> the last few years. And uh, somebody needs to save Sherlock Holmes. Uh, the last season of, of Sherlock was dreadful. And this is dreadful. And so somebody needs to... <laughs> we, we got a new movie to look forward to, right? Sherlock and Watson, isn't it? Uh a will ferrell movie though oh dear oh my gosh it just keeps going um so i have sherlock gnomes at number 41 out of 46 so you saw a movie called gringo Uh, Mm -hmm. what did you think of gringo yeah gringo was pretty good um it's a movie that it's only been two months since i've seen it but i don't remember much about it at all Mm -hmm. i remember laughing a bit uh do they explain I, why it's called Gringo? Because so, he's black and British. Right. right. Um, so I think Gringo is more of a broad term than we believe it is. <laughs> okay. And it usually means American, but I and, and he is an American. He's um, an American citizen, okay. like a, okay. a, not a what's what's the word? There's uh, naturalized. Right, right, right. And I forget that he's, he was not born in America, but he is an American. Right. It's weird. It's a weird title for it. But especially since they didn't really call him that very often. I dozed off for like a little bit during the movie. 
Uh-huh. Not because of the movie, because I get tired sometimes. I'm an old man. You put me in a dark theater. I just want to sleep. Yes, but. I know. I well, we're going to talk about Tomb Raider coming up, but I I got a little sleepy in Tomb Raider, mm-hmm. and my friend will never let me live it down. <laughs> like you fell asleep, but I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like she, it called into legitimacy. Like my, I think in her eyes, my film criticism from now on, the fact that I fell asleep. <laughs> I mean, I'm, yeah, it, I'm sorry. It happens to me a lot more than I want it to. Even movies like I'm really looking forward to yeah, seeing. Yeah. Like, I was so excited to see Suicide Squad, and then when I was watching it, oh. like opening night, I was like, and it might have partially been because of the movie, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Gringo, I think I have ranked it thirty. Yeah, I have it thirty out of forty-six. So okay. Not awful, go. but not great. This is a really random. I tried to see all the animated films since so I heard about this one. Uh, it's, it was called Ice Dragon: Legend of the Blue Daisies, and this is a movie that uh, is made for. It's a faith-based film, although they don't actually in the movie itself talk about Jesus or talk about Christianity. Just everything in the styling, the way the characters talk, is like super evangelical super you know uh southern baptist kind of christian uh the the lessons they learn and and like they did actually a fairly decent job at the animation and uh but it's like there is an audience for this <laughs> that that will like it and play it in sunday school class and be like look at the great lesson that that they learned and the fun songs the songs are very evangelical songs um and so i don't know like it's one of those ones i struggle with because i was bored out of my mind but i definitely know there is a audience for it and people who will like it so it's hard to be too hard on it but it's not good <laughs> i don't know um <clears throat> so anyway uh, i gave it just i mean the storytelling has no depth it's it's not a good movie but i think there is an audience for this brand of not good movie if that makes sense um, so I have it at 38 in my ranking. Okay. That's not very good. <laughs> no, no. 30 out of 46. But if you are an evangelical Christian looking for something to watch with your kids, you'll probably like it. So if that fits your group, then you should check it out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, okay. So then we have a wrinkle in time and a wrinkle in time is definitely was one of the most for me, most anticipated movies of this year. I love the book and I walked out pretty disappointed. And I don't think it was actually uh, just my high expectations, uh, maybe a little bit, but I thought that this screenplay was kind of terrible. I thought it was muddled. I thought it was confusing. If I hadn't read the book, I would be confused of what the heck was happening. I felt like they took sort of the emotional journey of the character in the book and kind of ruined it. Like it felt, I said that I felt like it was sort of a a yoga retreat video where people were constantly telling her things and giving her motivational speeches, but not having her like her grow as a person. And the end of the book, she decides to go and save charles wallace despite and confront it despite her father and the with the mrs who's and what's it's telling her that it's not a good idea but she loves her brother so much that she 
realizes his importance to just that his importance and so she fights for him and she goes and and it's just you see this like growth of her as a character from this like selfish character to this person who understands the value of the of the human beings and and other people and like her um just all the characters are so much richer so much inter more interesting and maybe it's not fair to compare it to the book but it was i just felt like they had everything ava duvernay duvernay had everything she had the massive budget she had the full support of disney she had this amazing cast i don't understand how she messed it up so much in my opinion i i just ugh. i thought it was boring i just didn't think it really worked on almost any level aside from some pretty visuals i what do you think so i don't know if you remember but when we discussed this uh back in february you were worried about this movie. And I'm like, Rachel, it's okay. Disney, it's not going to be bad. I was wrong. <laughs> yes. Um, so I haven't read the book. And this movie was very confusing for me. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. I felt like the target audience for this movie is kids who don't care, won't question. They'll just look at it and be like, wow, pretty. And they don't care about inconsistencies. There's no rules to this universe. Like, it just, it just didn't make sense to me. No. Um, visually, it's great. Like, and that's the only reason that I have it ranked where I do on my list here is because visually it, it was really good. Um, and I do like the cast for the most part, even though I felt like they were underutilized in a lot of cases. Yeah, agreed. One of my least favorite parts was the actor who plays Charles Wallace. I did not like him at all. Yeah, he was I like, bad. yeah, when I watch a movie with kids, I want to believe that it's a kid. I watched him and I saw, I saw his acting, you know? It didn't come across believable at all. Um, so yeah, it was very disappointing for me. Um, so yeah, I- It was, it was very disappointing. I, mm -hmm. I mean, do you think that we, Jumped on the Ava DuVernay wagon too fast. I mean, she really, she made Selma, which was good. Mm -hmm. um, solid movie. But that's really all she's made. I mean, the documentary, but like. Didn't she do, um, you know. Wait. Were, were we too quick to like call her the next big thing? I mean, I just can't believe that she screwed it up this bad. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I just can't believe it. <laughs> I, yeah. How did she mess it up? Like she should have at least gotten the script. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, to be honest, I think that this was out of her depth. It's a bigger scale movie than Selma is. Um, so I just don't think she could handle what it was. And I, I know she's, isn't she wanting to do a superhero movie or something? Yeah, supposedly DC. That. I mean, DC makes an announcement every day. Yeah. But uh, so <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, supposedly there's some, some random property I've never heard of that she's, uh, she's going to do for DC. I would be very nervous if I were them because I yeah. just thought this was a mess and she had everything that you could want. She had plenty of time. She wasn't rushed. It wasn't like it wasn't hashed up in editing. It's not like, you know, like something like Suicide Squad, he can at least be like, they, you know, it was just edits and reshoots and stuff kind of, no, this was her vision. This was her thing. She's, <laughs> I, it's her fault. Like it's her. I mean, I know many people go into creating a movie, but this was her, 
her vision, she had every opportunity to make it a good movie and it just wasn't good. And a lot of the characters were annoying. I thought the girl who played Meg was pretty good, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I don't know. It's just, it was very frustrating and it is a difficult book. You know, some people say it's unfilmable because so much of what goes on is inside her head um, as far as her emotional journey. Um, But, uh, and it's like so tempting as a filmmaker to want to focus on all of these worlds and these, you know, interesting creations and characters and stuff like that. But, but that's not what's good about the book. The book is about her coming to understand who she is and how people matter to God, really. I mean, they took out any spiritualism to the book. Uh, and, um, and the, the book is, is really a, I mean, Madeline Engel is a spiritual person. And so it's not like you don't actually see them talk about Christ or, or things like that, but there's definitely a, a, a a humanity to it in the sense of there's a spiritualism to it in the sense of understanding the value of human beings to God. And I I think they just tried to make it like, it felt like a yoga retreat video to me (laughs) and, and Calvin was completely wasted. Her friend, like a Ron Weasley type, I guess in the book okay uh, yeah kind of that that's character anyway it was just incredibly disappointing and yeah. i'm very sad about it <laughs> i was gonna but, ask you though um i know you were worried in our preview podcast about this whole warrior aspect they were going with the yeah. marketing how did you feel about that in the movie um i mean again it was all just her people telling her she was a warrior and people telling her she was great and people telling her to to use her to her flaws and things like that. Whereas in the book, it's her coming to those realizations herself and her coming to understand these things about herself and about Charles Wallace and about Calvin and these other characters. So, so it didn't work at all because she hadn't really done anything warrior worthy to for the first place when they were telling her that. And second place, uh, it, it, it never seemed like it was sort of internalized in a meaningful way it was just kind of someone telling her stuff and that's not interesting to me no i get that yeah so where do you have this ranked i have it at 40 okay i have it at 32 so i'm a little more generous than you and that probably has to do with me not reading the book yeah so i couldn't be that mad about it but it still wasn't great so yeah i have it at 40 i have it below a movie from sundance called nancy which I didn't really care for. It was pretty boring. And then I have it above Sherlock Gnomes. So oh, I okay. guess it can feel good about that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so uh, so next up we have the Hurricane Heist. I did not see this one. You saw it, huh? I did. Um, yeah, so I wasn't sure what to expect with this. I kind of thought I wouldn't like it, and I was kind of right. Um, this is another one of those movies where it's a disaster movie, but they don't focus enough on the disaster aspect. Oh. Um, it's a lot of people shooting each other, lots of like person on person conflict, which is boring to me. Yeah. Um, it looked very sci-fi original. Movie. Yeah. It sci-fi felt very sci-fi original. Yeah. Uh, there is like a big climax though with like these 
three semi trucks driving down a highway as a huge um, hurricane is coming up like right behind them. Um, and it's so unrealistic. Like you'll see one semi in the air and there's another semi right next to it that has our heroes on it. And that one's solidly on the ground. It doesn't make any sense like scientifically. Um, so it was like a, it was a big mess. Um, and it was boring. Uh, if it wasn't for that end scene, I would have ranked it as my lowest movie of the year. But that was enough to bump yeah. it up to number uh, 44. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it looked pretty bad. So yeah. glad you took that bullet for us. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so the next one is one I saw called Journey's End. This is a movie about World War I. And I always feel bad criticizing a movie that is about real people soldiers it's about the british this british battle and whatever and the british squadron world war one and this movie was very well cast uh but it was so boring i was dying and uh it uh, like they spend so much time in this movie talking about rations all uh there's this whole thing about uh about the various food that the the that the the, sh the chef or whatever is making, uh, I don't know what you call them in the army. They're not chefs, but whatever the commissary is making, and about like I don't know. They just spent so much time talking about the food. I was just like, <laughs> I don't care about this. This is so boring. <laughs> I mean, it has Sam Claflin, Asia Butterfield, Paul Bettany, like good cast, but. Ugh. I did not like it. It wasn't good to me. Um, so, yeah, good job, soldiers. Bad job, movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, it is 36 in my ranking. Okay. Out of did everybody get the food they needed, at least? <laughs> Basically, I wasn't. Okay. And we have uh, Love, Simon. And uh, this movie, uh, you know, it was pretty groundbreaking. I think to say about uh, this uh, young man who uh, hasn't come out as uh, gay uh, to his friends and family is struggling and he gets kind of uh, blackmailed <laughs> by a kid at school. There's a sort of situation. And uh, I don't know, what did you think about this movie? Um, yeah, so this was a movie I was definitely looking forward to and it met my expectations actually um i really enjoyed it it kept me guessing because i hadn't read the book um but yeah i i felt invested in the characters i really couldn't find a flaw in this movie um so yeah i i really enjoyed it a lot it was very sweet i really enjoyed it as well i i thought that uh the, all the performances were really good i liked even just like small performances. Like I thought that his parents, Jennifer Garner is just like become sort of great at playing the mom. She's yeah. really developed into that. Uh, and she was great, I thought. And I also really liked uh, Josh Duhamel as his dad. I thought that he was actually really sweet and <laughs> lovely. And uh, it felt authentic. The only part of the, the only flaw I have, because I thought all his friends were great 
felt authentic to high school. They felt like they were actually high school age. They didn't feel too old. I didn't think actors. Uh, The only flaw is, and I know that the blackmailing kid is supposed to be the villain, but he was very grating. I felt a little of him went a long way and they could have used less of him. (laughs) He was very annoying. I felt. And so I don't know. That's my only flaw with it. Otherwise, I thought it was a very sweet little movie for sure. Yeah, um, I could see that. I mean, I I enjoyed his character as a, as a villain. He seemed kind of dynamic, which I appreciated. But yeah, he was annoying, which I thought was his job. <laughs> um, so if if you really dislike him, I there was one interesting thing that that I thought. Um, there's a scene with um, the, the person of the Ferris wheel taking the tickets. A guy with long hair. Uh-huh. Well, in The Walking Dead, that actor with the long hair kills the annoying guy. Oh, really? <laughs> so if you, if you don't like him, just yeah. watch that scene in The Walking Dead. <laughs> Although it's very sad because you like him in The Walking Dead. <laughs> they they could have just had a little less of him. He Like, he's in the movie for quite a bit, and he was just very irritating to me. Sweet movie, though. People should see it. I think it's a really and an important movie, too, for sure. Right. I'm disappointed with um, its box office. Like, it, there's a lot of really bad movies that are making a lot more money, money than this one did. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah I, I, I agree. I, I don't know. I mean, it's a step up that it came out at all and it was embraced as well as it did. But True. yeah, it's a little disappointing. I can't complain. It's a little disappointing that it didn't do better. Like, I, I agree with you. Right. Uh, so I actually have it at number 12 in my ranking. Okay. Uh, not really because of any big problems just I happen to like these other movies a little more that's fair Uh, but uh Um, but it was really sweet yeah I have it at seven which is it's actually the third highest movie for me of the ones that we're talking about Mm. so yeah yeah, I really enjoyed it yeah and this does my my ranking does include some movies that haven't come out yet because of Sundance Uh, we have I can only imagine and this was about uh Bart the guy I forget his last name but the guy that wrote what's it Millard? That's right, Bart Millard, that wrote the I Can Only Imagine song, Mercy Me, such a great song, and uh, this tells his story starting when he was, you know, little, how he came to know God, and and then became interested in musical theater, and then music, and goes through his whole life, and how he ended up getting to the point where he wrote the song. His dad was really abusive, and then he's able to come to the point to forgive his dad, uh, and um, uh, yeah, so this movie, I mean, uh, faith-based films can be kind of rocky, <laughs> but I think when faith-based films work best is when they are kind of insular. They're just like one congregation or one person or, you know, like one story as opposed to like a movement, you know, like trying to start some kind of, those don't work as well. And this, I thought it was pretty good. I, I, I thought that it, it doesn't reinvent the wheel, but I thought it was solid uh, moving. Uh, I thought that Dennis Quaid was really good as the dad. I thought that it was a, a nice buildup to the moment of him singing the song. Um, it made me have a whole new love. And I always loved Amy Grant, but now I'm like, Amy Grant is the best. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and they got like an amazing I lookalike. Know. He looked I'm exactly like, like her. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was her. And then I, re- I read that it wasn't. I was like, whoa. Anyway, um, the only flaw, I mean, you can, you can nitpick this movie, but the major problem with this movie is that 
they should not have had the same actor playing him as an adult as in high school. It looked ridiculous having this like thirty okay. year old man for I don't know how old, but like in high school, it was ridiculous. Especially when he goes to join the uh, Glee club, and these are actors that are clearly like high school age. Yeah. And you have and this I, grown man. And his girlfriend was, uh, I think, younger too. Mm-hmm. And so that looked weird. And uh, yeah, it was that was a huge mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. What did you think of this? Yeah, so this was a movie that um, I wanted to see but I don't like going to see movies alone. Um, and I've been trying to like find friends to go with me for like a month and a half. I'm, anybody wanna see? I can only imagine. Uh-huh. No, no. So finally <laughs> Wednesday, this past Wednesday, I finally got the nerve to just go watch the movie by myself. Um, so I went and watched it. Um, there were three people in the theater. It was me and then two women behind me. Uh-huh. And I'm, I'm actually glad that I went alone because I did not expect to have the reaction to this movie that I did have. So I don't think it's a great movie. It's good. It's it's definitely good for what it is. Right. But there's a scene or kind of a montage, like two thirds into the movie that really affected me Mm -hmm. in a way that I didn't expect. Um, So the movie is largely about him having this awful relationship with his dad and I don't, I can't fully relate to that, but I don't have the best relationship with my dad or I haven't. And there's been a part of me like throughout my whole life. I'm like, well, what if my dad dies and, and I don't have any closure. So there's a scene when he finds out his dad has cancer, which my mom was just diagnosed with leukemia last year. So you see this happening and I'm just sitting in my chair and I'm sobbing like I'm like trying I'm trying my hardest not to like make noises because you know sometimes you cry so hard you're like I'm like trying to watch you Wonder Woman (laughs) yeah so I I mean it it really affected me that in that specific scene but it was a very good movie it was nostalgic for me because I mean, especially like when you hear him singing uh, The Great Adventure by Stephen Curtis Chapman, I'm like, I haven't heard this song in forever. Like I wanted to sing along with the movie a lot, but yeah, yeah, it was very enjoyable. Um, Even if it's not a great movie, it's, it's still, it still has an audience. And I think it's worth checking out if you're that audience. Um, So I enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. Me too. So uh, where did you have it ranked? I had this ranked at 13, I believe. Mm, okay. Yeah, 13. Yeah, I have it at 19. Okay. Pretty close. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next, we have Tomb Raider. And I already mentioned that I did fall asleep, but only because I was really tired. Um, it's not a boring, really a boring movie. There was just the section between uh, where she does the bicycle thing, the bicycle chase, which was really fun, mm-hmm. uh, and then getting to the island was a little slow for me and I got a little bored um and, and that's when I fell asleep but I was also like tired um so this movie for me I've never played the game evidently my friend said that they do bring in a lot of aspects of the game into the movie she was really happy about that um but I thought that once they got to the island like things things 
the pace that got better. But like for a lot of the movie, I felt like it took itself way too seriously. Like, it, like and it was very violent for the kind of movie that I, I was expecting. Um, like people are shot at point blank and, and, uh, and I don't know, there was just a lot of violence. And, and, but I thought that once they get into the actual tomb and start raiding and there's like these booby traps and fun stuff. And, uh, and then I was like, oh, this is getting, this is fun. This is, this is what I wanted. And, uh, and Alicia Vikander is great in it. And I feel like the next movie will be really good. This was like, you're, you, you had to get a lot of exposition and a lot of setup out of the way. Uh, and now she can just be tomb raiding, tomb raiding, tomb raiding, tomb raiding, you know, like from the next moment on. So I hope that, uh, and I do think it deserved to do better than it did. Cause I, it was, I thought entertaining enough. Um, even though I did think it took herself way too seriously. And like everybody, everybody in the movie takes this whole um, curse of the tomb super seriously everyone believes it and everyone you know you're just like you think there'd be one sort of cynical skeptic kind of thing but no they're like hardcore believe in this this thing um so i don't know i thought it was i thought it was entertaining enough and i really liked her and i liked some of the action um and i really liked once again that tomb raiding part Okay. Yeah, this was one that in our preview, I had low expectations, which that worked out well for me. Um, <laughs> because I actually really enjoyed myself during this yeah. movie. Um, I didn't fall asleep, <laughs> which is good. Um, I think there were a few scenes that were really intense and fun to watch, especially the waterfall and the plane. Yeah, scene. that was fun. Um, yeah, there were, um, there were definitely a lot of highs for me um i this might be sacrilegious i thought it's a good like female answer to indiana jones honestly mm -hmm. um i would do be you agree with me they, though that you think the next one will be even better because now they've gotten all yeah. that set up out of the way and they can just like have a fun tomb raiding story yeah but i i i don't expect that there will be a sequel it didn't do that well um i mean maybe there could yeah but i do think a, a sequel would definitely be better because there you don't have to worry about the backstory so much you can just get straight into the yeah. the action i guess but yeah i enjoyed it um a lot more than i thought it would yeah yeah i don't know how well it did overseas it seems like the kind of thing that would do well but um yeah and and it does have the best director name ever roar roar oh, yeah yeah I remember you. You love that one. Yeah, the one thing that kind of bugged me was like how much she was tossed around like a rag doll. Yeah, she was perfect. She's the most resilient person ever. But I loved the fact that the first time she actually like kills one of these henchmen that she's fighting or whatever. Oh yeah. She actually like stops mm -hmm. and is like has this moment where like right. she realizes what she she just killed a person. And I'm like I don't think I've. I can't think of when I've ever even seen that in an action movie mm -hmm. before. No, I agree. I like that too. That yeah. was really good. That was really good. So, um, yeah, it was. It was pretty brutal how she killed him, though. Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, I, it was a. I thought it was more violent than it needed to be mm -hmm. for for the yeah. type of movie that it was. And I but, don't mind that, but Rachel and I are very different. <laughs> but I, I feel like this is a movie I, I would that I'd love to take like smaller kids too. Yeah. This is a pretty strong PG-13, I would say. Right. So, um, 
but uh but yeah uh i guess with a name like roar and thog uh, you're gonna have some <laughs> violence in your movie what can i say so anyway yeah so next we have isle of dogs Wait, where did you rank that oh sorry um so i have tomb raider ranked at 23 okay i have it at, yeah i have it at 16 so. okay cool um okay so isle of dogs wes anderson stop motion film uh, uh that is about these these dogs on this trash planet in this dystopian world and what did you th- i know you were a little more nervous about this than i was what did you end up thinking about it yeah well first of all it occurred to me like when i saw this movie that or right before i saw it that the name sounds so much like i love dogs i love yeah. dogs yeah. i love dogs yeah you're right yeah yeah it's true yeah. Yep. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was about what I expected it to be. It's uh-huh. not, it, visually it was great, great animation. The story yeah. was okay to me, um, but I wasn't super entertained. It's, it's just hard for me to get into this type of animated movie that's, that's rather serious. It's not that funny. Like it's pretty subtly funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. It doesn't fully work for me. I appreciate what it was, but it's not something I'm dying to see again. Mm-hmm. I can understand that. I really enjoyed Isle of Dogs. It was, I was so dazzled by the visuals. I thought it was amazing. I mean, there's just like the backgrounds alone blew me away. Almost every scene, like there's, there's all these scenes where they're behind this like wall of, of glass and it's supposed to be like bottles, I guess, but oh, it looks so cool. And like mm-hmm. the way that, I and mean, even the, the Japanese backgrounds, every background I thought was incredible. I was just sitting there like, oh, look at that animation, so great. And uh, I agree, the story had problems. It wasn't perfect, I think the, um, but it was kind of funny because the main villain is named Kobayashi and I work for Kobayashi. <laughs> That's the company I work for. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Which made me laugh. So I went and told my boss, I'm like, Kobayashi Incorporated is the big, <laughs> like, it's a pretty big company in Japan. So I don't know if that was like a dig at Kobayashi or, or what, but probably just, uh, just by chance. But anyway, it was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, all the voice work was great. It was so sweet. It was so funny. I loved all the characters, except for some of the human characters. But I wasn't really a big fan of the whole, like, I liked the narrative choice of not having subtitles for the Japanese characters. Like old, that was different. They were trying something new, but I don't, but I think it caused them some problems. Um, it, it, it forced exposition, first of all. And second of all, uh, it forced you to have non-Japanese characters explaining what was happening for the Japanese characters because right. we couldn't understand them. And so that's why you had to have sort of some white savior moments, which were unfortunate in this, like in this um, uh, exchange student, you know, kind of character that like, that should have been a Japanese character. And it's a dystopian. I realize that we're not talking about like an accurate worldview here, but like, uh, but I don't know. There were just like, they took some creative risks, but some of those creative risks like caused some problems, but I still was just so dazzled by it that uh, I really liked it. And I can't wait to get the art book. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah. Like, How did they make that? Uh, so, yeah. I've, yeah. I've actually uh, read some, I tried to read up a little bit on like what people thought about the movie. And 
um, the statement that it may be trying to make. And I saw some interesting things relating to how Americans treated Japanese during the World War II mm -hmm. era and how this is almost a statement with the Japanese treating dogs kind of like how Americans treated Japanese during World War II. Yeah. Um, it's not bad. Yeah. So basically what Rachel is saying is, I love I love dogs, right? Yeah. I love, I love I dogs. dogs. <laughs> I love I love dogs. Those doggies were so cute. And so I have, uh, I love dogs. I love dogs at <laughs> six out of 40. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I really um, enjoyed it. Okay, I'm not too surprised by that. I figured you would like it. I have it at 20. <laughs> and so. great music. I loved the Alexander Desplat score. Oh, yeah, that was a really was good score. So good. Yeah. Then we had Unsane. You saw this. This is the Soderbergh movie, um, all filmed on an iPod. What'd you think? Yeah, I mean, well, it was interesting that they decided to go that route. And it kind of gave the movie a very amateur feel. Um, a lot of the acting did as well because it seemed like they just found like, I don't know. It's, it's a lot of the side characters felt like if you've seen like amateur movies that maybe like a student would make, it felt like actors from those movies. Um, but it was entertaining. It kept my attention. It had some interesting elements to it that I didn't quite expect. Um, it's pretty violent at, at points. Um, but yeah, it, it, it didn't go the predictable route that I was afraid it would go down. Um, so I appreciate it. I didn't love it. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think it's worth checking out if you like this kind of film. I heard Claire Foy is really good. She is. is. Oh, yeah. She's definitely one of the best parts. And yeah. I, I can't really think of things that I've seen her in. I know that she's in that TV in show. The Crown. Yeah, yeah. The Crown, yeah. which I've never seen. And she won a Golden Globe for that, I believe, uh, this year. She's a great actress. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very talented. Yeah. So where did you rank this? This one I ranked, let me pull my list up. I had it at 23. Okay, cool. So. All right. So uh, next I have a little movie called uh, Off the Menu. And this is a romantic comedy starring Santino Fontana uh, <clears throat> and Dania Ramirez. And uh, it's really old-fashioned. It's directed by Jay Silverman. It has a, uh, I don't know, it's just not the kind of romantic comedy that we get very much, and it didn't get much of a rollout, but it's about this uh, this guy who's the heir of this fast food by Taco Bell kind of place, and he gets sent to the Southwest to try to find new flavors. He meets the chef, who's the the uh, the Dania character, and uh, she's like a, a spick uh, a real spitcracker type character and she's really protective of her recipes but so he doesn't tell her who he is but then they start and there's lots of like food porn and there's lots of uh, cute cute moments and it's I really enjoyed it and it's the kind of romantic comedy that we we just don't get very much anymore and uh, I love these kind of romantic comedies and uh, so I I really liked it uh, probably more so than it necessarily deserves just because I like so yearn for those kind of movies. Um, yeah. uh, anyway, so I have it at number 10. Am I right? Yeah. I, I really like it. So if you like rom-coms, check it out. And uh, we did a um, whole podcast uh, on uh, with Cinco de Mayo uh, recommendation, rom-com uh, on, over on my Hallmarkies uh, thing. We talked about this one. 
Uh, uh, I bet overboard was number one, huh? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay. Yeah, you have to wait for our summer recap to hear. Uh, or you can check out my review of overboard. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, next we had Pacific Rim Uprising. This is our sequel to the Del Toro film. And, uh, uh, yeah, uh, the Ka Kaija and the Jaegers fighting and uh, I don't know. What did you think of this movie? Um, in one word, exhausting. Uh, <laughs> and that's what I knew. I knew that I would be setting myself up for this kind of torture. But, yeah, it's just nonstop action that Ugh. just gets so boring and I just can't get into it. Um, yeah, I mean, they... They did a great job with visual effects, sure. Like, but that doesn't impress me enough to overcome what I had to su subject myself to. So, see, this get this movie is a gift to Jurassic World too, because there is no way it's going to be worse than oh, the movie. <laughs> not even close. Come on. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, no, this <laughs> this movie stunk. I hated this movie. It was terrible. I honestly think the some of the some of the transformers movies are, are much better oh, like this yeah. this was just terrible like it it wasn't fun at all all of the characters i like it was a phenomenal feat that they managed to make every single character irritating and mm -hmm. annoying and shrill and like <laughs> there wasn't like at least like some of the transformers i like i like optimus you know like there's a few like I don't know like i'm reaching here but i and and like michael bay has some flair for directing action um that you know that's kind of fun this is just it was terrible i thought it was <laughs> awful it was boring it was way too serious it was stupid it was everything that i hate i thought it was awful <laughs> wow yes. I, I thought i ate it see this is yeah. another one of those movies that i fell asleep in for a little bit but yes. unfortunately it's one of those movies that you can't stay asleep in because it's too loud yeah <laughs> uh yeah no it's true it's very loud um and like the the original pacific rim like has some good performances it has some charismatic and it has some visual appeal uh and this uh it was i just thought it was terrible i couldn't believe that it was as bad as it was but <laughs> it was that bad um so the, the i have it at 44 out of 46 okay. in my ranking the only reason i don't have it as dead last is because the white fang movie it, uh i thought really offended me and so that's always gonna be worse um and then the loo over the wall literally made me nauseous like i would thought it was gonna throw up because it was so like <laughs> and uh so <laughs> i figured those two sins are worse than pacific Rim uprising but right. it was terrible i thought yeah I, so you're making me feel like i love it compared to you <laughs> i had it all the way up at number 38 <laughs> <laughs> king of generosity i know uh, I mean, no, and saying. I do my I do my rankings as I go. Like so, after I leave a movie, I usually wait the next day, and then I throw it in my rankings wherever. 
So I probably was feeling a little more generous then than I would be now. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't recommend it. No. Like when you watch a movie and you're like, wow, Michael Bay would have made this much better. <laughs> That's not a <laughs> better things. There was a little movie called Sergeant Stubby, an American hero. And this has become my new indie champion that I am like trying to get everyone to see because it's so great i mean i don't like i don't want to oversell it but like i literally have not recommended it to anybody that hasn't liked it this movie is so sweet and so like i don't, it's just made by this little new this is their first film this the small animation studio out of atlanta uh and they did such a good job it looks really good this dog is so cute and they avoided so it's based on a true story about this dog that actually was named a sergeant in the world war one this dog and uh, they did so many smart things first of all they don't have the dog talk that was brilliant that would have been so easy to do with animation it's just a dog just a cute dog and they so don't you're not gonna do what show dogs does yeah <laughs> And he was, there were so many like places that a lesser script would have, uh, would have gone that would have made it more like kid friendly, but they didn't. Um, and they managed to like walk that fine line between not, um, between having a realistic enough depiction of war and the sacrifices of war, and tense scenes with them putting on the gas mask, and, and people dying, and, and there's even a moment where, at, at the end, where she, the narrator says, I don't know why they decided to put out troops when the, the armistice had been signed, because like, they actually had people fighting until literally noon, the end of the treaty, like, till, to the last minute, and she's like, I don't know why they decided to do that, and there were prices to be paid for that fighting. And I thought, wow, that's such a bold thing for a movie for children to just admit. I don't know. We don't know all the answers. Like, that was really cool, I thought. And it's not an, uh, an Americana, like, nationalistic piece. Because, like, the French are shown as very human. The, the Americans, and then uh, there's some British. And also, uh, even the Germans are shown to be human on occasion and there, and I just I was so impressed with it I really thought it was so sweet and so like but but they don't it's not traumatizing to children like I would feel 100% comfortable showing this to a group of first graders second graders like it would be completely fine and you could have such a great conversation but it doesn't it's not like a rah 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 kind of movie it was just like this sweet story of this soldier and his dog and um i don't know i was very impressed with it <laughs> and uh so i actually have it at uh number four. Oh wow um yeah yeah this was a movie that kind of came out of nowhere for me like i hadn't really heard of it and then it was playing at all the theaters in town or three out of four i should say yeah but it was gone within a week so i didn't get oh. to see it but hopefully people will check it out because I and I could really see it being worked into curriculums and stuff like that because uh it it's just it would really be a good fit for for that. And and they didn't have any distracting uh celebrity voices. Like that Logan Lerman plays the soldier 
and uh, and then Gerard Depardieu plays this uh, French chef uh, soldier, um, and he was good. But it was nothing. And Helena Monte Carter is the interview is the narrator, but it wasn't like distracting. You weren't sitting here thinking, "Oh, that's Will Smith." Like right. <laughs> you were just immersed in the characters, and um, and I just think it was so smart to not have the dog talk like that would have been such an easy thing for an animated film to do uh and he nailed it they nailed it and i was very excited uh and it's cool when you uh especially when you love a medium like animation to see a new fresh voice come in and do something and just to show that you know what you can have 20 million dollars in your budget and you don't have to make Norm of the North. You can make something that's pretty darn good. <laughs> you don't need $120 million to make a good a good uh, animated film. Yeah, very true. So, okay. So then you saw I Kill Giants. This was nominated for, was this like a foreign film nomination or something like that? Mm, no? I don't think so because it's in English. Um, oh, maybe I'm thinking of something else. Yeah. I'm not sure. But yeah, this was a movie that um, I thought seemed interesting based on the trailer. So it's about a little girl who um, basically she she sets traps and she has like bait and everything to kill giants. And her friends and the people at, at, at her school um, just think she's crazy. They don't understand. Um, it went the route that I expected it to go it reminded me of specifically one other movie. And if I do compare it to that movie, it might give away a bit about what this movie is like, but I think I'm going to do it anyways. Um, so yeah, it reminded me of A Monster Calls. Mm, okay. Um, but I don't think it had the charm that A Monster Calls had. And it certainly didn't have the unpredictability because... Yeah, like I knew what the movie was going to be before I even saw it. Um, so I was a little bit bored. I didn't find the girl who played the lead uh, endearing at all. She was kind of annoying. Um, I, It felt like the visual effects were used sparingly because of budget reasons. Um, when they did show things that, that were like um, the monsters, like, or the giants, I should say. Um, it did look really good, but it was really hard for me to get into this movie, and mm -hmm. I was kind mm -hmm. of disappointed about it. And it has really good reviews, so... Yeah. I guess I'm in the minority here, and really, this is incorrect, because I do have it below Pacific Rim Uprising, <laughs> which it's not worse than that. But I have it at 40 out of 45, so... Okay, okay. I didn't, I didn't really like it, unfortunately. Yeah interesting okay um so then we get to one of the big blockbusters we have ready player one based on the ernest klein novel and uh so i had a lot of anticipation for this because i did love the book mm -hmm. and i'm a defender of it uh, right. people people uh, nitpick it to death um and uh, it's not as good as the book they changed a lot if you're a big fan of the book it is a little hard to swallow because they changed so much but I still think it is a fun film. I really enjoyed it. I didn't like it quite as much the second time I saw it as the first time I saw it, which surprised me because I thought the second time I'd be like looking 
for more and more of the Easter eggs and things. But I don't know. I, I didn't have that experience. For some reason, the second time I saw it, I just found myself not as engaged as I was the first time. Um, and But it's visually just stunning, beautiful. I think that it does have enough heart to work um, that uh, it... Uh, I think it's a fun sort of old fashioned kind of type of blockbuster that we don't get all that often. Uh, that feels almost like an eighties kind of blockbuster. Uh, I think that kids uh, will especially love it and enjoy it. But on the other hand, they have this whole sequence in the shining, which I thought was cool and amazing. But Spoilers, sort of, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> sort of an odd choice. That's not in the book. Um, that it was sort of an odd choice though, because I feel like this is such a kid-friendly movie, but then have this R-rated movie sequence, I thought was sort of strange, but, um, but still it was cool. Uh, and, um, overall, I really, I did enjoy it quite a bit. What did you think? Yeah. So I think that the key to really enjoying movies is not reading the books. So I had never read Ready Player One, and I really loved it. Um, yeah. yeah, when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is my number one movie of the year. Spoiler, wow. it's not Ooh. number one anymore. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it enough to go see it again the same week. Um, yeah, and I wasn't going to say it, but since Rachel already put it out there, the whole Shining thing, I really enjoyed because I didn't expect it. They didn't show that in the trailers. So when it happened, like our whole audience was like, what? Whoa. Um, yeah. Visually, visually, it's incredible. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it references so many movies I love, especially like the uh, first egg challenge. You have King Kong, which I love. Yeah. You have Jurassic Park, which I love. So I was like, oh, this is my kind of movie. Um, I like the characters. It was cheesy in parts, but what I liked about that is that they acknowledged that it was cheesy. They're like, yeah, it's, we're doing this anyways, even though it's cheesy. Um, yeah, and I think it had a nice heart at the end, a nice mm-hmm. message. Uh, and um, yeah, so I, I I did enjoy it. Uh, I have it at 11. Oh, wow. Okay. So pretty high. And yeah. Uh, um, yeah I two think for me. You have it at number two? Yep. So you still have Annihilation at number one? No, Annihilation's number three. Oh, we'll okay. get to my number one movie. Ooh, ooh, that's exciting. Oh, and you saw a movie called Gemini? Yeah, Gemini, it's a neon film. Um, he, so film? Neon Studios. Um, oh, I know they've done, they've done other things. I feel like they did Good Time. I might be making that up. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, visually, it's really cool. It has like this kind of bluish filter throughout the whole film. Um, it's... It had uh, some good twists along the way. So it's it's basically about, wow, it's hard to tell you what it's about without getting into too much spoilers because something big happens pretty yeah. same, soon into the movie. Is it like a horror? What kind of movie is it? Um, wow, that's hard to, that's hard to say. <laughs> so I'll just tell you a little bit about what it's about. So it's about this um, actress and she has a personal ex- assistant and um, there's something going on with the actress. She, she's deciding she doesn't want to do a film anymore. And you hear like pretty early on, like three different ref- people reference that they want to kill her because uh, they don't like how she's acting. 
Um, a lot of people think that she's having a relationship with her personal assistant. Um, but something happens pretty early in the movie. So almost becomes like a mystery, like a whodunit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I might be saying too much. But um, yeah, it, it it was it definitely kept me on my toes. Um, it was a little slow at parts. I like the casting a lot. Um, there's something near the end that I did not expect at all. And part of that was because of my lack of perception. Like I literally misread something on the screen at one point. Um, but if I had read it correctly, I might have seen something coming, but I didn't. But yeah, it was it was pretty interesting. Um, I had this movie ranked pretty high. Uh, it's number 12 for me for the year. Hmm, I hadn't even heard of it. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it didn't go to a lot of theaters. It came to town here, but I think it only played at like 44 theaters in the country. Hmm. So but you should okay. check it out sometime. Yeah. I think you might like it. Okay, cool. Um, next, we have A Quiet Place. This is our John Krasinski debut. The people have to stay quiet uh, because these creatures will come and uh, attack you. Um, so this movie, you know, I'm not that big of a horror fan, but I, when something's well made and it's not too graphic, I'll go see it. And um, I, I, this movie I thought was very effective at doing what it was trying to do. Uh, I don't know how much rewatchability it has, but I didn't really care um, because like I was so tense when I let like this movie like worked me up into like such a t- like tizzy I guess mm-hmm. you'd say that like I was leaving the theater and there was a guy who was like like there was like a spot where they have like the water fountains or whatever so it was kind of into the wall a little bit right and he pops kind of pops out not trying to scare me because <laughs> I was so like tense I was like ah! was like what's wrong with you lady um but (laughs) but that's how like worked up I was and when I saw it it did such a good job I thought of like just tension 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 and her like and this baby oh my gosh I was just like how is she gonna have this baby (laughs) what um and I I thought it was really good I really liked it yeah yeah, so the last time we did the podcast previewing these movies, this was my most anticipated film. Mm-hmm. This is one of those movies that, that I just knew I was going to love. And like, I almost felt like a proud father, like going into this, because this was like my movie that I had been anticipating for so long. Yeah. So like, please let it do well. And it did do well. And uh, it is my number one movie of the year okay. so far. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Um, it's about what I expected, which is rare. Like I almost always like a movie either surpasses or doesn't get to my expectations, but this was right where, where I expected it to be. Um, yeah, I, it was better than I expected it to be just okay. because I didn't have those expectations, right, right. you know, cause I'm not a horror person. Um, but I mean, you could nitpick it like the design of the aliens wasn't that creative. It was pretty generic. Um, like it is kind of amazing that they never realized this, the cure, this, this how to solve it um, out of all these people, but I didn't care. It worked. Um, I don't know. I was just, I thought it did such a good job of drawing you in and building that tension and getting, make you feel tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter. And um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's definitely a movie that 
is easy to like emotionally invest yourself in these characters and their choices a lot of bad choices are made but it feels realistic that these specifically these kids would make these bad choices because they're kids kids do dumb things um you're talking about the beginning i'm talking about yeah the beginning a few different things i think there's choices that all three of the kids make that are not the best choices um but yeah it is a little ironic that it's called a quiet place when you go and see it in a movie theater and people can't be quiet oh see i was lucky i had a good theater i had a good theater they were quiet yeah i was well i think i think my my theater tried to be quiet but um i went and saw this at alamo draft house the first time which is a theater chain that's very well known for if you talk you get kicked out like they have very strict rules about that. Uh-huh. The thing is, they have pop the popcorn that they give you. They give them in big metal bowls. Oh. So I kept hearing like this seeds from popcorn being like shuffled around these metal bowls that are just like resonating throughout the theater, and it got really annoying. I oh like, man! Stop eating your popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> See, I I really I went to this really late at night because I thought maybe I'd have a better chance of having a. a less full theater went mm-hmm. to like 10 30 or something um and it was still pretty full um but i don't know if that helped that it was a pretty adult crowd um okay. by that point and i don't know everything it was just it was super quiet so i was very lucky in that regard um but i've heard other people make that same complaint like i right. i can't even mm-hmm. imagine how furiating it would be if somebody like can you imagine if somebody brought like a baby or something like <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would yeah. be, that, oh, would be so mad <laughs> i've heard of things like that with other people and i'm just like oh yeah but um but yeah it was a great movie uh, but i do not think they this sequel idea <sighs> i okay i like the idea but i hope they focus on other people i like like that's what i liked about 10 cloverfield lane that it was like completely different people and you're seeing it just from a different point of view okay i would like I that because i'm like they have they, they know they know what to do. So what are you going to do? They don't have to be quieting. What are you going to call it? A loud place? Like, what? I, yeah, I would not last long in a quiet place. I'd be a goner very quickly. Um, so anyway, but yeah, I have it at number seven. Okay. That's pretty that. good. Yeah. Yep. Right. One for me. Number yeah. one. Cool. Okay. Then you saw Blockers. Yeah. Blockers was a movie that I, I thought looked really funny. Unfortunately, uh-huh. they showed all the funny parts in the trailer. So, yeah. So just watching the movie, like I would like chuckle. There wasn't like a lot of laugh out loud moments for me. There were other people in theater who died laughing at things that they showed in the trailer. And I'm like, we've seen this. Have you not watched the trailer? So I was just confused why people were laughing so much. Um, It was still sweet. Like it's a good parent child movie you wouldn't think that because it's about them blocking their kids from losing their virginity but um it was good to see the the bonds between the parents and their kids Mm -hmm. as good as i'd hoped it would be Mm -hmm. Um, where do you have it ranked i have it ranked at number 14 do where do you have game night just out of curiosity uh game night i think is number five or six it's uh five I have game night at eight, so it's in okay. the top ten still. So funny. Um, yeah. Okay, so then you also saw Chappaquiddick. I did not get to see this. I really wanted to, but I just ran out of time. 
Uh, what did you think? Yeah, uh, Chappaquiddick, I was, I was interested to see how they would try to portray Ted Kennedy because he's still like, he's, st- he's still pretty revered among Democrats and yeah. Hollywood's typically very liberal. So I didn't the know if they would- of the Senate. No. Right, exactly. I didn't know if they would treat him with kid gloves, um, but they actually made him a very dynamic character. You saw choices he made. So in case anybody doesn't know, this involves him uh, being in a car wreck, driving over a bridge with a woman in the car with him, and he leaves her for dead and doesn't report it for like 13 hours. Um, So basically, he is responsible for this woman dying. And they they did find out that she, she didn't die instantly. She was in the car. And she was able to breathe for quite a while until mm-hmm. she suffocated. Um, so if it had been reported, a life could have been saved. So you see choices he makes, and you can almost understand why he makes them because he has his whole reputation to worry about. Um, so he's not a complete monster, but he's not a good guy based on how they present it, which I appreciated that. And also a thing that they do is if there's anything that they don't know for sure about, like they don't know for sure that he was drunk. It's Mm -hmm. highly assumed he was. They don't show him drinking. They show him at a party and there's lots of alcohol, like cans and stuff around. You watch him and you think, oh, he could be drunk, but you don't know for sure. So I appreciated that. I thought they were very fair and it was very effective. Hmm. And yeah, it kept my attention. I think it's a very good film cool like i really want to i definitely want to see that it looks good uh so all right so then you also we have a couple here that you haven't that you've seen that i haven't seen but first Uh, of all i had that ranked at number yeah i had it at 22 okay cool good okay then you saw you were never really here Mm -hmm. yeah see this i decided not to Okay, yeah, I don't think that it's a Rachel film. Um, well, I just read on IMDb they said extreme violence. <laughs> so I'm like, if they're if they're pulling out the extreme word, I probably right. pass. Well, the thing is, there is extreme violence in this film, but they don't really show a lot of it. You see the aftermath of it, which is an interesting technique they they did with the film, mm-hmm. and I appreciated that. Um, I wish I liked this movie more than I did. Um, I think I do need to watch it again, which it might be hard for me to muster up the the nerve to try to watch it again. Um, Joaquin Phoenix is great in this. It's some of the best acting I've seen from him. He's he's always very good, though. Um, it's a very short film for what it is. It's just in 90 minutes, pretty much. Um, I just felt like it was missing a lot. It It's a very incomplete story which was done on purpose i believe they wanted to let the audience come to conclusions themselves they didn't want to treat the audience with kid gloves give exposition um but for me it wasn't as effective as i had hoped it would be um it was yeah it was difficult for me to really get into it i objectively think it is a good film but for me it was not as enthralling as i would hope it would be um Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I I've heard really divisive responses to this mm-hmm. movie. My my friend Phaedra loves it, but then I had other people who did not care for it. So where did you end up ranking it? Um, I ranked it at number twenty nine. So not super high, not super low. Okay. Cool. 
And then one more that you saw that I have not had a chance to see. It really want to see. Uh, Lean on Pete. What did you yeah. think? Okay, Lean on Pete. I just saw last night. Um, so it's it's about a boy who he's living with his father. His father um, is kind of a deadbeat guy, but he you could tell that the dad really loves his son. Um, some things go wrong. Um, this boy, he has this job working with a horse. Uh, the horse's life is in danger of, he's basically about to be put down. So the boy makes some decisions and decides to run off with this horse. Um, first of all, I have to say that Charlie Plummer, the the kid that, that plays the lead actor in this film, he was in All the Money in the World. I really think Charlie Plummer in 10 years, he's going to be one of those big names. Mm -hmm. He's for for me, he gives me like young Leonardo DiCaprio vibes. Oh, I was gonna say, is he like the next um, Christian Bale or something? <laughs> yeah, no, I I think that he's going to be around in Hollywood for quite a while, and he's going to be one of the bigger names eventually. Cool. Um, I think he's a really good actor. Mm -hmm. Um, he doesn't his performance um, isn't like over the top emotional, but it's so believable. Him as a sixteen year old, I don't know he. At one point, he says he's 16, then he says he's 15, then he says he's 18. He's lying about his age often or confused about his age, but um, he feels like he's that age. The way he rambles and the, um, he talks to his ho the horse a lot, it feels like somebody that age just saying whatever random thought comes to their mind. It's so believable. He is really good in this role. Mm -hmm. I don't think... I don't think it's going to be something that will get an, him an Oscar nomination, especially with where this is released in the year, yeah. but I wouldn't be mad if he did. Um, okay. I'm really excited to see this. I want mm -hmm. to. It's playing up at the Art House Cinema um, okay. in Salt Lake. I just haven't gotten out there uh, lately, um, but I really do want to see it. It looks really good. Yeah, it's it's a heavy movie too, so... It's pretty you, long too, isn't it? It's a pretty yeah, long. It's a little yeah. over two hours. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely will will reach you at an emotional place, like seeing the struggle that this boy's going through. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, cool. Where do you have it ranked? Um, I have this ranked. It's, it's hard when I just see the movie, but um, I have this at 11. Mm, cool. Okay, uh, then we have Rampage, and uh, we both finally won. We both seen after. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, Rampage, uh, you might be surprised to hear, actually enjoyed. And here's why. So, for this kind of spectacle blockbuster, okay, I need you to do at least one of these things. You need to have characters that are charismatic charismatic performances that I'm interested in uh, or you need to have uh, you need to have some kind of spectacle that feels new and fresh that I haven't seen a million times before and for me this it movie was the characters wasn't it this movie provided enough with the rock and particularly his relationship okay. with the ape that I felt was pretty good and I thought that Jeffrey Dean Morgan was super charismatic and fun. So both of those performances were charismatic enough to carry the movie. 
Oh, or it should be it should be either funny or scary. So you have to either be like charismatic performances, either be funny or scary, and provide or and or provide some kind of new spectacle that I haven't already seen a million times before. So something like for me, Kong Skull Island fails all of those tests. I've seen that spectacle before. The characters weren't interesting or charismatic, and it it provided no. It was not funny or scary. So X, 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 X. But this movie, it had two really charismatic performances. It had some emotion. It had enough humor. And I personally have never seen a giant crocodile take on a giant wolf. That was (laughs) new. It was fun. It was something new. You haven't seen that? No, I never have. And, uh, And so it... It was a new spectacle. It was fun to me. And I'm not, there are problems with this movie. The villains are terrible and they almost ruin it because they're so annoying. Malin Ackerman cannot act, in my opinion. She is terrible in this and in many other films. And, um, uh, and it definitely has some dry patches where you're like, come on, come on, come on, come on. It's getting boring, getting boring. But it's not that long. It's only an hour and a half long. So it doesn't like, like, a lot of these other blockbusters are two hours, two hours and 20 minutes. You're just like, oh my gosh. But right. this, this was, was, I liked it. I thought it was good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I did too. Um, so one of my friends complained that there wasn't enough action. And I was like, oh, I'm glad there wasn't more action yeah. because that's what kind of bores me with this type of movies. I think it knew when to have action and when to pull it back. Um, so I I had a lot of fun watching it. It's about what I expected it to be. It's not a great quality movie, but it's still enjoyable for me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was definitely something fun and new. Yeah, yeah. So it yeah, it's not like a great movie, but I guess like I I feel like people think I'm like oh you never like blockbusters or or <laughs> like it, people think I don't like dumb movies. I do like dumb movies. But it has to be, it has to engage me in one of the ways that I laid out. <laughs> right. <laughs> Charismatic performances be either scary or funny or provide some kind of new visual spectacle that's like, oh, wow, that's amazing. Um, and, uh, and most of them fail that, uh, <laughs> fail that part. And so this I have at 18. I have it okay. just below the commuter and just above, I can only imagine. Okay. Well, we are pretty on the same page here because I have it at 17. Yeah. So I'm not as much of a Grinch as people make me out to be (laughs) when it comes to stupid blockbusters. Then we have Wilding. You saw this? Yeah, Wildling. Um, So this is a movie about, um, basically, it's about a girl who's who's raised in this cabin with, with her father. And he tells her that they're the last two people alive and uh, that she can't go outside because there's this creature that um, eats children and um, and she can't go out because she's the last uh, she's the last one left and um, it eats children so it it reminded me of a combination of Brigsby Bear which I don't know if you saw that I loved it yeah. My top 10 last year. Okay. It reminded me of a combination of that and a movie called Raw, which came out last year. 
um, which I don't want to tell you what that's about. I heard about it. I didn't see it. Okay. It might give away a little bit about this movie. Oh, interesting. Okay. But yeah, it definitely, um, definitely kept my attention. Um, It felt very low budget, Mm -hmm. but um, yeah, it, it, um, it has a few twists along the way that I may or may not have predicted in my head before I saw the movie. Yeah. But um, I think it's it's fairly entertaining and um, it's not too gory when it could have been uh, pretty gory. Um, so I would recommend it, even though I don't think it's an amazing film by any standards. But um, it was entertaining enough. And I ranked this movie at number 27. Okay. Uh, then we have Truth or Dare. And this just looked terrible from the trailers, but uh, what did you think of it as the um, guy? Yeah, I mean, well, it was terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, this this movie was kind of like Final Destination without the charm. Okay. I love I like the Final yeah, Destination yeah, yeah. franchise a lot. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty stupid. Um, the characters made lots of bad choices. Uh, you d- I don't think that they went where they could have. I, this might seem weird for you, but I wanted it to be more gory and violent than it was. It felt like it was trying to have this. It was PG-13, vi- I think. Oh, yeah. I, think, I, yeah. I didn't realize that. So it, it has this violent premise, and they keep talking about these gruesome deaths that people are going through, but we didn't really get to see it. There was hardly any blood in this movie, which is kind of surprising. Well, that's uh, yeah that's why because pg-13 you can't have blood oh yeah fair enough <laughs> but um yeah it was it was just kind of dumb and yeah i mean it kept my attention but it's certainly uh not a good movie by any standards yeah, yeah it looked terrible uh so where did you rank it it's number 34 for me so. okay uh then we have i feel pretty and mm-hmm. i would I'll put a link down to my review of this movie. Um, I I know that this movie has gotten trounced by the critics and a lot of people didn't like it. This is the first time I've ever seen an Amy Schumer movie. So I had no like going into it biased against her for her, whatever. Um, and uh, I actually really liked this movie. And I think that critics are, are a little like everyone can have their own opinion, but I think they're actually a little off base because I've heard a lot of people say that it's like encouraging fat shaming or whatever. And there is, there's a couple moments where like, she's supposedly too fat to be like on a, um, you know, an exercise bicycle and that are a little over the top for the story. Mm-hmm. But I actually think the movie is about insecurity, not about weight. Um, okay. Because uh, she is very insecure about almost every part of her body. She's insecure about her skin. She's insecure about her, just her, her face, her, just everything, like not just her weight. And uh, there's characters in the movie who are bigger than her, who are confident or pretty confident at least. Mm-hmm. And then there are characters who are slimmer than her, who are, are, are not confident. You know, they're insecure about their voice. They're insecure about whatever. And, uh, and I thought that they did a really good job of like honing in on these, this insecurity that so many women feel. And when they, uh, if they can just feel that if they can just, when, when Amy Schumer gets, sees this other person in the mirror, 
And I loved the fact they never showed us what she saw. Right. We never saw the the shallow how skinny person. Exactly. Person. And so that you really saw just her being pretty in her eyes made her more beautiful. And mm-hmm. I do think that there are points where they maybe make her a little bit too much of they make her a little too unlikable. And I think that it was a mistake to have her work in fashion because it kind of created this like strange dichotomy of the very thing that was causing her insecurities is the thing that she ends up working at. It was sort of weird. Like I think the ending speech would have been better if it wasn't like a pitch for makeup. Like that's kind of a weird dynamic, I think. But I laughed a lot. I thought it was funny and I thought it was sweet and I it really reminded me of the sort of comedies we would used to get from like Penny Marshall in the 90s okay um something like that and they do pay homage to big which is Penny Marshall movie mm-hmm. um I don't I really liked it I, I I don't I just don't agree that it's like some kind of fat shaming kind of movie I I think it was really actually positive and it's something I would love to take my nieces to and have a discussion about insecurities and body image and I really liked her um boyfriend in it I thought that he was good and I don't know what did you think of it yeah I thought it was pretty enjoyable I mean it was definitely better than her last film snatched for me um yeah I laughed at this my, my I think my favorite scene was uh the uh the wet t-shirt contest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That made me laugh a lot. But yeah, I think Amy Schumer showed more dynamics than we've seen from her, or I guess not you, since you haven't seen anything else from her. But yeah. like there's even a scene in the beginning when she's just looking in a mirror. And I think most of us have had that moment where we look in the mirror and we're just not happy with what we see. Yeah. And you can just see it in her eyes without being too over the top, without her saying anything. You can just see her looking at herself just feeling really disappointed um but yeah i i actually one of my favorite parts of the movie was michelle williams yeah i thought she was so fun she She just transformed into a different character that we've never seen she was Uh, really funny and she uh and she it's just i'm so used to seeing her as this like indie darling you know in movies that Mm -hmm. you forget that she has those comedic chops she she was she was really good no, I just I just disagree with the harsh criticism on it. I really do. Yeah. No, I I agree with you. I don't think it's the best comedy. I don't think it's. I've seen a few comedies better this year, but it it's still, it's still good, and I think it does have a positive message that yeah. people might not. I think people who don't see it, might think that it has more of a negative message than it does have. Yeah. Agreed. All right. So I have it at fifteen. In my okay. I have it at 24, so not quite as high as you. <laughs> okay, so then we have Super Troopers 2. You saw this. I didn't. I never saw it because I didn't see this first Super Troopers. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I hadn't seen the first Super Troopers either, but on, I think it was Tuesday, um, I pulled out my DVD of Super Troopers because I don't know. I, I think I've mentioned this before, <laughs> but I have a lot of DVDs that I've never actually seen. I have uh-huh. over... I own over a thousand movies that I've never seen in my life. That's amazing. Yes. But so I pulled it, pulled it out the other day. I still have it up in my room. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I watched it and it was stupid, but uh, funny ish. Mm -hmm. So I went and saw the new one and it was also stupid, but funny ish. Not a lot of funny. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So I, I think it has an audience and it's uh, not really me. Um, I think it's, if you like the, the dumb bro comedies, this might be your thing. It's not necessarily my type of humor, so. I'm surprised this was like a Kickstarter. Did you hear that? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, or some kind of, yeah, uh, like, I don't know, just funny. There's evidently a huge super trooper community that, Mm -hmm. like, helped fund it. (laughs) Okay. Well, I mean, it it won that, uh, I think it won the Friday night that it came out, well, with Thursday previews. Mm -hmm. So it looked like it was off to a great start but by the end of the weekend it was like five or six at the box office so i think everybody just went and saw it that first night and then where did you have it ranked um it's pretty low uh i have it at 42 out of 45 okay movie i wanted to mention is a movie called maya the bee the honey games and this is a sequel to the 2015 film maya the bee based on the 1980s television show and I was actually a fan of the first one. I thought it was very sweet. This is for your five and under sex. Very, very little kids. It's very cute. It's very sweet. I like the fact that it has a cute and well, fairly well-developed uh, male character and female character. So I think that little boys and little girls will both like it equally. And it's not like a Barbie movie that's obviously for girls, uh, you know, or whatever. Um, and... This is this is a very standard plot. If you're looking for something that's like new and original, you're not going to get that. But it was very sweet, and I kind of think the the character animation and the the style I think is really cute. I like it. <laughs> so I think for what they're trying to do, I think they did a good job. I think it's cute. I didn't even know there was a sequel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if if you have a kindergartner, get it. They'll like it. My the B I. I have it at 26 okay. in my ranking. What is your top 10? Okay, I'll go through my top 10. Um, so starting with number 10, I have Thoroughbreds. Um, number nine is Avengers Infinity War. Number eight might surprise some people, but I really liked it, Peter Rabbit. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, number seven is Love, Simon. Number six is Marvel Getting It Right, Black Panther. Okay. Agreed. Number five is Game Night. Number four is Paddington 2, which everybody needs to see. Number three is Annihilation. Two is Ready Player One. And one is A Quiet Place. Cute. Okay, so I'm going to take out the Sundance picks. So the ones that are have been released. So let's see here. Uh, so I have at number 10, I have, and I, because I, my other score that I just said was including Sundance. So number 10, I have Avengers Infinity War. Number nine, I have Love, Simon. Number eight, I have Ready Player One. Number uh, seven, I have Off the Menu. Number six, I have Black Panther. Number five, Game Night. Number four, I have A Quiet Place. Number three, I have Isle of Dogs. Number two, I have Sergeant Stubby, American Hero. And number one, I have Padding to Two. Okay, so we have seven of the same top ten. Yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, so yeah, that's 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 really interesting. And you know, there are a lot of really fun films. I mean, who would have ever thought that? And that's the cool thing about going to movies is uh, is you know when you give movies a chance, who would have ever thought that that you'd have a <laughs> Peter Rabbit ahead of Infinity War? That's I know, my favorite I never would have. Uh, or or that I would have Sergeant Stubby <laughs> in my top five, but it's. I really liked it that much. Yeah. So that's the fun thing that we get to have. 
And uh, so anyway, uh, where can people find you? Hey, you can find me on Twitter, the David Healy. Uh, that's my Twitter name. And you can find both of us on Facebook in our uh, Film Freaks group. It's uh, facebook.com slash Film Freaks group. Yeah. Uh, you definitely want to join that mm -hmm. and uh, you can find me at Rachel's Reviews here on iTunes and on YouTube and uh, you can follow me at Smiling at LDS Girl on social media so check that out and um, thanks so much again for doing this this was really fun yeah always fun <laughs> <laughs>